Now joining me for a more in-depth analysis of what's playing itself out on the market scene is Kuwabas Porchita from Southern Cross Capital. Kuwabas, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's just talk about the markets really anticipating the results of those midterm um, elections in the United States. We have the European markets really not feeling um, great. They're all in the red, but we have the JSE quite upbeat. And um, these are definitely two um, opposing um, positions with regards to these elections. Yes, yes, absolutely. I guess uh, uh, a lot of the, the local movement is driven by local resource-related uh, news, specifically okay. Goldfields and RBP, mm. both of which you mentioned, which are dragging up the JSC significantly today in conjunction with the other gold stocks. Uh, in terms of what's happening offshore, the, I mean, these moves aren't massive, and it's mm -hmm. interesting. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the headlines, and there's one particular journalist who keeps uh, changing his headline from... Uh, U.S. futures up against against mixed election results, and now and again he changes it to U.S. futures down against mixed <laughs> election results. So there's no real there's no real sense of direction. Mm -hmm. We know the markets typically would have liked for the Republicans to take both the House and the Senate. At this stage, it looks like uh, the Republicans will take the House, but not the Senate. The Democrats will retain the Senate. Uh, funny enough, traditionally, mm -hmm. this has been uh, very good for markets. Mm -hmm. Any any sort of environment where a government uh, can't do anything <laughs> yes. and uh, is uninvolved and doesn't mess things up for the rest of us and the private sector can just get on and do its business seems to be uh, conducive to market conditions. And historically, this, this sort of been considered a very positive outcome, frankly. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, I'm hoping that's the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have we've yet to see any any proper direction from the market. Of course, you know um, uh, the GOP, the Republicans, doing well off the back of their uh, their sort of financial policies, mm -hmm. their their policies for the economy, their policies to try and contain inflation. Whereas the Democrats have been campaigning on social issues such as mm -hmm. abortion rights and women's rights. Um, it seems you know tentatively that people are more sensitive to things that affect them today. Mm -hmm. Uh, such as the cost of financing, and therefore the, it certainly is uh, the Republicans edging out the Democrats overall. But we haven't seen that complete loss of control of both the House and the Senate, where, uh, which would have made President Biden effectively a lame duck president. Yeah. This is a much more balanced outcome, mm -hmm. which ultimately maybe isn't the end of the world. Yeah, and I, I think so too. I think balance is always good. Um, another uh, interesting thing coming out of the US today is inflation. Um, but, I mean, that, that's an important one. We are expecting this amount to, to, to drop just a little bit, to fall just a little bit. But why? <laughs> you know, Marcus, what indicators do we have that um, inflation in the United States could fall um, at this point? So, I mean, in the, simply speaking, we're, we're on a high base now, right? Okay. So if you've experienced so much inflation already, is more inflation likely or have, have prices adjusted? Okay. That's in the simplest terms. And then, um, of course, we've seen freight rates uh, come off substantially. We've seen uh, container costs come off substantially. We've seen simple things like uh, uh, packaging and boxing um, uh, inventories going to multi-year highs. So all of these things indicates a sort of a cooling off in this mm -hmm. hot economy where there was a scarcity in freight, there was a scarcity in certain inputs. So as as that sort of excess demand versus, versus constrained supply situation rebalances itself, we do expect inflation to contain itself somewhat. On top of that, uh, the, the oil the oil outlook has also has also been 
somewhat downgraded because of again the expected contraction in China, which should uh, which should have put a put a bit of a dampener on crude uh, demand. Mm-hmm. So all of these things sort of conjoin together with a bit of optimism, given that it's some <laughs> time before we're going to get any real feedback from yeah. the FOMC. Um, uh, to to sort of uh, you know uh, support markets and support support the thesis that the dollar should at least weaken somewhat from here something we've observed the last couple of days mm-hmm. and I guess uh, part of the reason we've been doing so well as well is these gold stocks have really picked up substantially off the back of weak dollar which is good for gold which means spot gold is is doing well mm-hmm. and gold stocks are doing well as well. Well, speaking about gold, um, the Goldfields deal, a few days ago, it really sounded like this was done. You know, Goldfields and Yamana were going to do this. But it looks like um, this really changed at the 11th hour. So let's just talk about this, whether um, it was just really a matter of being outbid, that a better offer was made, and that's what Yamana went with. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in the simplest terms, Yamana walked away from the deal mm-hmm. by endorsing this other deal. Fortunately for Goldfields, um, and Goldfields shareholders in particular, who were not thrilled with this deal, let's be frank, mm-hmm. they voted with their feet. You saw the sell-off from Goldfields relative to its peers in the wake of this deal being announced. And uh, uh, and ultimately, uh, uh, this deal almost fortunately didn't go through because a lot of shareholders, myself included, saw the deal as way too value dilutive. Mm. The Yamano shareholders were going to end up with, with a whole lot more economic value in the business than they were contributing. And the Goldfield shareholders, in, you know, inversely and perversely, bringing more value and ending up with less um, in, in the proposed uh, conjoined business. So, uh, so from that perspective, being outbid and collecting this break fee, let's talk about that. Yes. Maybe that is the most yes, brilliant thing that management have done here. Dollars, you yeah. know? $300 million against the cost that has been posted of $41.5 million. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really neat net gain <laughs> in excess of $250 million. Mm-hmm. As a percentage of Goldfields market cap, that is substantial. Amazing. That is really, really good money. So yeah. so uh, let's hope they don't go do do any more uh, value destructive deals down the line. Yeah. Give us Give us a nice dividend. And, uh, um, and and we'll forgive you for this sort of, you know, wavering, wavering from, from the course and uh, um, just run your business well and maybe do value enhancing deals and not, not in deals quite as ambitious and value dilutive mm. as this one was. Oh. It, it, did, it did seem akin to, you know, empire building ultimately for Goldfields management. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's part of the reason it's still lagging to its peers. So I actually think yeah. unless there's some sort of a deal discount setting in gold, gold, gold fields at the moment because mm-hmm. the market is concerned that management are itchy to do deals, um, it's still relatively cheap um, compared to its peers. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Um, okay, so we probably won't have time for your stock pick today because I have to ask you about Northern going all in on RB Platt. That's another interesting deal. Um, what, what do you think about this one? And do you think um, this will be um, what, what ends this bid war that we've seen between the two companies? The, the, uh, to be honest, if you'd asked me a week ago, mm-hmm. I thought, um, Platts was going to walk this. Mm. They had more shares. Their bid was accepted, and Northern were effectively trying to block, uh, block the Implats bid, and have been delaying the Implats bid for close to a year now mm-hmm. on the grounds of um, antitrust legislation. But more and more, it's seeming like, listen, I don't, you know, we, the real reason we don't want you to buy them is not antitrust. Mm-hmm. It's because we want to buy. Them. 
Yes. But that's absolutely <laughs> what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and given the deal premium sitting in this now, I don't think this presents value to Northern anymore. I think okay. what's happened now is this bidding war has, has resulted in a situation where everyone's overpaying and the net beneficiaries are, are the real Buffer King shareholders who oh. are the massive winners here. So, so good on them. But this has become sort of ludicrous, and uh, the delays have, have, have eaten away at some of some of the uh, some of the value in these deals yeah. as well. And there's too much uncertainty hanging over it. Yeah. So, whichever way it does swing, I hope I hope that happens soon. Um, but at this stage, I don't actually see this northern deal going through either. I, oh, it's, interesting. It's a it's a tricky situation, and yeah. uh, and I don't think it's a good deal for northern shareholders. That's you know in particular. Yeah, we'll be speaking to Northern later on the show, and I'll definitely be asking if they think they're overpaying um, for this. But thank you so much for your insights. Um, Koba, it's truly always a pleasure. That was Koba Sportgita from Southern Cross Capital.